Hello and welcome to A Time to Live with Amanda Jane Cooper. Hey, that's me, and I am so glad that you are here. This podcast exists to be a breath of fresh air just for you. And one thing I know for sure is that your time is really precious. So thank you for sharing it with me. And let's get into A Time to Live. Okay, here we go. All the way from Los Angeles, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome David Magadoff. <laughs> Born in Long Island, grew up in New Jersey. Tri-state. Spent tri-state. Represent. In you know, the, I'm, uh, I'm Philly. Now in Los Angeles. Yeah. Philly? I thought you are Pittsburgh. Well, I went to college in Pittsburgh. I went to CMU, but I grew up outside Philly. Oh, I don't think I knew it was... Philly centric. We were much closer yes. than I, I I initially thought. Yes, yes. Um, but still separated by a state line. Thank God. <sighs> thank goodness. Because listen, you were winning all those state championships in improv. I, I, I'm glad I had my own state. You know. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, uh, we would be too too much personality for one. One of the 50 states. No, like, I think honestly. I'm glad that you got to have Pennsylvania. I got to have New Jersey. It's true. Um, and I think they're glad to have us. <laughs> it's true. Um, David and I know each other from Los Angeles. Like, uh, it's probably obvious. I used to live there, uh, if you don't know that. We met probably in 2012 or 2013. Um David ran this amazing improv group called Monkey Butler, and he was just a huge star then with like the biggest heart and continues to thrive. And I'm so excited to interview him about his awesome career and his very, very unique giftings because I literally don't think there's like no one else like you. That's very, (laughs) that's a very nice thing to say about someone. And also... Now I'm like, what, what, what do you, I feel like an X-Man, um, Dr. Xavier's gifts. Um, no, that's very sweet of you, Amanda. And I actually, I'm also curious of what, what it is that you see in me. <laughs> then maybe I should see that a little bit more in myself. Yes, please um, me, like voice it. Um, well, let me tell you too, the monkey butler, uh, is possibly coming back. We had a meeting the other day. Really? Yeah. Uh, you know, Colton, that this will get a little this will get a little uh little inside baseball, my friends. I apologize. You know Colton's Colton Simmons, yeah. Danielle's husband. Uh-huh. So Colton, uh, he and Jeff Brain are really catalyzing the idea of getting Monkey Butler back. So we had a meeting the other day. Oh. Monkey Butler was this improv community that I helped start up in two thousand seven that grew to like we probably taught three thousand people wow. over the years and maybe like three hundred people a week. And wow. okay, free improv classes. The monkey means funny, the butler meant serving. And then it stopped for a lot of reasons that I don't need to get into right now. Drama and we always wanted to bring it back and so I'm glad that someone who does not have a small newborn at home has the time to do it. <laughs> and that is Colton and Jeff. So shout out to Colton, Colton Simmons and Jeff Brain for trying to bring back a great community that offered a lot of love to Los Angeles and that made a lot of people. Absolutely. Oh, I hope it gets started up again. Uh, And speaking of, congratulations to you and your beautiful wife, Sarah. You have a brand new baby girl, Lucy Lila. Lucy Lila. She's 
very cute. She's a, we put on an Easter dress the other day. Sarah's like she needs. We didn't even get to put it on during Easter because Easter was a bit of a fussy day. So she's like, does it matter? And so she just took some photos on Monday, <laughs> the day after. I don't know what it's. There's Good Friday, Holy Saturday, Easter Sunday, and then. Lucy dress Monday. Yes, I so mean Lucy means nice. light, so she's just bringing the light. It does, Amanda. You know that Sarah knows that too. That's great. So yeah, beautiful. Yeah, I'm glad you know that. Oh my gosh. Well, I know yeah. you're in crazy life of like you know all your work stuff and all your family obligations and all of that goodness. So thank you for taking time to be with us today. Um, before we get started talking about your life and all of the goodness, I want to just read you guys um, David's. Uh, bio. It's so funny to call you David because I usually call you Magadoff. <laughs> call me Magadoff. All right. Here's David Magadoff's intro uh, bio. So get ready. Um, what do I care? <laughs> David Magadoff stars in Showtime's highest rated series of all time, Dexter New Blood, as overly eager officer Teddy Reed. His recent credits also include American Crime Story, Impeachment, and recurring as Nikki Brooks on Apple TV Plus's Emmy nominated and SAG award winning The Morning Show with Jennifer Aniston, Reese Witherspoon, and Steve Carell, Casual. He performs improv around the world, including the Growlings, UCB, and the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. I just want to also take a second because you sent me like a super humble biography, which I really appreciate. There's other credits that I just also want to shout out because you guys might know and love some of these things that he's also done. Um, He also played... Stan Wexler in American Dreams, um, Jeff Ratner in Veronica Mars, Eggnog Shimmerhorn in Top Elf, and he's also appeared mm-hmm. on TV shows such as Las Vegas, Zoe 101, ER, oh my goodness, Greek, NCIS, Austin and Alley, and Schooled, a as well as like a bunch of films. Um, you've also seen David Magadoff slash Magadoff in like a ton of commercials, which we'll get to. Um, he's like one of the yeah. funniest people I know, an improv genius, which is what I was saying before with your giftings. Like, I don't know anybody quite like you with like such a gift for improv. And I also want to say thank you because when I was in Los Angeles and even beyond, we just, we just always connect professionally and you have been such a, like a help to me and almost a mentor in some ways. And just, yeah, thanks for making space for me. And I, I just, I love celebrating you. Well, heck Amanda, thank you. And I, do think there's a world, unfortunately, that we don't get to live in currently where you and I are in the same city and we're hanging out more and doing cool things together. So if it takes a, and at the least double date because your hubby's pretty cool. And so I, I'm, I'm a big lover of double dates. And so it is a bummer that that is not happening. Uh, but you live in New York and I live in LA. You know what? It's, Thankfully, I've been able to work in New York a little more often than not. And thankfully, you come back to L.A. a little more often than not. And so <sighs> the dream is still alive. The, the flame, alive. our friendship flame is still still burns bright. That's right. Speaking of burning bright, we're going to do a quick round of lightning round questions. Okay, ready? What is if your favorite date night with Sarah? What's an ideal date night for you? Oh, my God. I would say right now anything outside the house <laughs> because we do have a five-month-old at home. <laughs> Um, but an ideal date night, you know what an ideal date night is? We're going to probably Speranza, which is a little Italian restaurant 
on Hyperion in Silver Lake in Los Angeles. Mm. I'm getting real specific, folks. If you're LA, you're welcome. If you're not LA, you just heard a lot of <laughs> Californians kind of talk. I apologize. Uh, and it's a great Italian restaurant and and really easy, and, but delicious. And you do that, and then we're going to get some a soft serve ice cream at Magpies, and then ideally before all this or after all this, we are going to see a concert. Mm. Uh, at like maybe the Lodge Room in Highland Park or maybe even the Wiltern or the Hollywood Bowl if we're getting fancy. Wow. That's an ideal date night. We're getting a good meal, definitely getting ice cream, and we're probably hearing some music. So and that, that makes us happy. Absolutely. Yeah. You spent some time in New York filming a show for MTV of which you co-starred. Um, it has a bad word in the title, so I'll just bleep. I'll say broke blank game show. <laughs> It's another word for um, your derriere. And um, yes. you were so hilarious on it. And it was like a fun show where, you know, you'd get... I remember there was this one thing where in Central Park, you dressed up in a tuxedo and you were like pretending to take reservations for the park. And people were like fully thought that this was a real thing. We, we did a lot of pranking, but we gave people money. We were like Robin Hood, but silly. <laughs> Like we made you feel, we made you look silly, but then we gave you money for it. So yeah, you're welcome. Uh, and one of the sketches, exactly great memory, Amanda, or great research is uh, we just literally set up a podium in the front of one of the entrances <laughs> of Central Park, of which there are many. And I put on a tuxedo and acted like a like a concierge maitre d oh. sorry that's the right word what's the right french word an hors d'oeuvre uh i was a maitre d and acting as if there's reservations for the central park and then we'd have people walk in and i would stop them and say excuse me do you have a reservation and it really was a great anthropological experiment to see like just that i have a podium and the fact that i'm wearing a tuxedo how many people give me authority yeah just because i look like i have authority if you're a new yorker and plenty of people like roll their eyes and walk through yeah. Uh, but plenty of people who are also, you know, tourists were like, uh, uh, I don't have a reservation. <laughs> and they, we made them sit on the bench and wait. And then we brought them over to under like, do you, you know, which, where do you want to sit? Do you have your reservation under this tree? Or do you, you know, how many people are going to be joining your party? Do you have any instruments or food? <laughs> it really was cool to see just how many people were gullible in a sweet way. And then we gave them money once they sat down, yeah. but they would sit on the bench God bless French people. That's all I'll say. Absolutely. What's like a hot take or unpopular opinion that you have that's like a silly one? Oh, my wife and I walk into open houses all the time. And my very silly but very highly opinionated uh, take on real estate right now is if you're ever on Zillow or Redfin or Trulia or whatever website you use to to is it just enjoying a scroll through houses you could possibly afford or are you doom scrolling because you're just jealous of houses you can't afford? Um, it's when people take photos, very specific photos of like a flower in a vase on a counter and it's very close up <laughs> or it's the backsplash tile right. of the kitchen but it's very close up or it's it's just a very 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 close up shot of something that is absolutely extraneous <laughs> and you get maybe one of those per gallery but there are some people who just 
have you don't need 55 photos for your house unless it's a, unless it's a 7000 square foot mansion it's you 30 to 35 photos with nice lighting yeah. there you go and you know this okay. because y'all own a house in Palm Springs right I own my house in Los Angeles, and we own a bungalow in Palm Springs. Yes, which is yes. gorgeously decorated. And you air, is it still being Airbnb'd? Staybungalowm.com. You know what we're going to do? We're going to put this in the show notes. So if you're looking for a respite in Palm Springs one day with mid-century vibes but a bohemian flair, come to Bungalow M in Palm Springs. And congratulations. It was like right at the top Airbnb in Palm Springs at one point. Like, and still is like the top of the list. It's amazing. It's a, it, thank you. It's a, it's a hot, it's a hot property. I'm very proud to say you've had almost 90 reviews and all of them have been five stars. Oh, congratulations. Incredible. Thanks. You know, what's really fun. You know, it's really fun lately, Amanda. And maybe I shouldn't say this, but, but I'm going to say it anyway. I'm not saying anybody's name, so I'm okay on this. I'm starting to Google because it's kind of a bit of a the price point's a little high, I'm not gonna lie. It's it's Palm Springs and it's fancy. Um I'll see the name. Sometimes I'll see a name of someone staying there or like their profile photo. Uh-huh. And I'm asked and I ask myself, is that profile photo a little a little nicer than the average sixty five year old grandma who uses Airbnb or the like twenty four year old kid who's like just trying to get by? Mm-hmm. And I'll look at a name and I'll I'll Google the name every now and then. Fancy. We've had a what we've had a Washington Post reporter stay mm-hmm. over the last couple months. I had a oh I had a Tony winning costume designer. What? Just there a couple. I'm not going to say her name because that's rude. It's a her. But I'm gonna I'm gonna offline I'm gonna offline this after and give this person's name okay. to you and i'm curious if you know I her might. honestly i really truly might that's awesome oh my yeah. gosh yeah she, she just stayed like two weeks ago wow. yeah uh we have some like photographer i think staying there for like coachella right now which is fun so i think oh the uh, events the events uh head of events at rolling stone is staying there right like last week wow Wow. I know. I feel very I feel very frou-frou. I feel very, very frou-frou when I see this. I'm like, that's you know what I mean? You make things in life, and it's fun when people, as we as artists, it's fun on stage to be like, I'm sure there have been plenty of times where you have finished one of your nights in the bubble flying around Amanda, and then you're backstage and someone introduces you to someone really cool yes. that you didn't know was at the show, right? And you're like, oh my gosh, it's the governor. It's this, it's cool. When someone who is of uh, of esteem yeah. engages in your art, Absolutely. and then you get to meet them, Absolutely. right? Isn't that neat? I think it's a, it's it's another way of a compliment. Absolutely. Uh, Amy Adams came to see Wicked, and I found out, and I that your sisters. I what. <laughs> <laughs> that your sisters <laughs> there's your ear there's another world in which you are that you are in enchanted and you are hey, princess, maybe whatever enchanted comes to broadway you know yes please um okay so i want to talk about your timeline basically you went to usc for college so you flew out west yes. for college from the jurors um what was your mm-hmm. sort of timeline have you have you been on the west coast ever since yeah yeah i've, I've worked in new york now I did that game show and the MTV game show for uh, that we can't say the name of for two seasons. That was fun, and then I would fly back out for HQ trivia, um, yes. which uh, was fun. And I did that. And I was like the only LA person for that. And then 
what else did I do for New York? Well, I mean, then I did Dexter, Dexter was sort of, that was, but that was Boston for like six months of my life, but it's not, it's not New York, but it's been fun to be able to fly out to New York. It's fun that I, fun being from there and that other people have paid me to, to be there and to enjoy New York. And it's great to enjoy New York on someone else's dime. Oh Oh my gosh. Yes, we, yeah. Let's <laughs> you, you, sure. you know the hard way. Yeah. For sure. Um, I'm curious about Dexter. So you mentioned Boston. Um, what was the process of auditioning for that like? And where did y'all shoot? And what was your process like in developing that character? Yes. Dexter was great. I still realize I didn't answer your question. I'll answer it quickly in saying that uh, my parents got divorced when I was 12. My dad moved to L.A. I spent a lot of time in L.A. growing up which made me really want to go to school in California. And so I got into USC and went and then discovered I wanted to do acting towards like the end of USC. I thought I wanted to do film and I was very wrong, even though now I'm starting to get more itchy about producing stuff. But um, towards the end of USC, I was like, let me be an actor. So that's the answer to that question. I really enjoyed it at USC. Now to answer your Dexter question, (laughs) I would say... I can bookmark things. I would say Dexter was amazing. Uh, it was truly a wonderful gift of a gig. Dexter was great. Scott Reynolds is a friend of mine. Do you know Scott from out here? No. I don't think Mosaic I'm, time. Uh, Scott okay. Reynolds. I, maybe? Scott is one of the producers of, De- long-running producers of Dexter. Basically, Clyde Phillips is the, he's not the creator, but he is, he is, always sort of written down as the man who made Dexter yeah. and that he like, he wasn't the, he didn't write the pilot, but he wrote every episode, not every episode. He's, he was the showrunner as soon as the show got picked up got it. and then has done, he did like the, the first five seasons and then left to do nurse Jackie. But people really attribute to Clyde Phillips, the success of Dexter. And so Scott's sort of the number two in a sense, like Scott's, not not I wouldn't say his right hand man. Scott like develops everything with Clyde, and you know he's been there from almost the same time as Clyde over the years. And Scott's won a Peabody Award and is amazing. He's a good friend, and so he hit me up one day and he was like, "So we're doing this new season, and there's a part in here that I think you could be good for." And I said, "Oh wow!" And he's like, um, "Would you be okay with living in Massachusetts for maybe half the year?" And I said, "Yeah, I would. I'd love that." Because I need no what actor would be like no, um, I mean there are some I guess you know um, with the kid now I'd be hard but I didn't have a kid uh, and so I auditioned for it and had a, like a normal person even though you know he's up there I had to get approval by the director and I had to get approval by Clyde mm-hmm. and I had to get approval from Showtime and I had to get all the approvals from anyone else who needed to approve me. Um, and yeah, and I got it and it was great. And, um, it's a recurring guy, uh, guest star in every episode. And, um, I felt, I felt very much a part of the series regular family. Like, honestly, I'm still, you know, I'm probably, I'm going to call Mr. Michael C. Hall tomorrow. We've, we've been bouncing back and forth because him and I both have kids. And so we kind of share war stories about our kids were born, I think like maybe a month apart. Wow. Um, and um, Clancy Brown's become a, a, a great friend. Yeah. Um, he's the, I won't say who he is in the show. He's the tall, he's Mr. Krabs in uh, SpongeBob SquarePants, but he is a very interesting character in the new season. 
He's also in John Wick 4. Check it out now. Um, but I've made some really great friends from that uh, time. Yeah. Not Because I know and when you do shows, you, and I know you agree, Amanda, like even with, with Wicked, I'm sure it's also like, I, and you've done plenty of TV as well. It's, it's, it's like sleepaway camp. You go, you do it. And then when it's over, you think you're going to be best friends forever because you're in the trenches with these people mm-hmm. all the time and you're living life and you, they probably know more about you than like your partner does. Cause you're there all the time. Right. And then when it's over, it's over. And sleepaway camp is done and you're not hanging out anymore. And the, and usually a lot of these friendships, you know, are you text a few times and then you move on and, you know, it's just sort of almost like part of, instead of it being sad, it's just sort of like, you know, going into it, like, Hey, like, I know we're pretending like we're best friends forever, but we're going to move on f- from this. And we were only here and so involved in each other's lives because of the project. But I actually have been able to stay in touch with some people who are genuinely great people. And so that that's what makes it special. It's also, you know me, it's just I'm a people person. So I, I, I like connecting and staying in touch with people who are meaningful to me. Yeah. And in a perfect world, I'm staying in touch with everybody, you know, all the time. Mm-hmm. But that is not the world I live in. I live in a world that is 24 hours long and I have a little baby and I need food and sleep. And so unfortunately... I don't get to connect with all the humans I want to. Yeah. So as you can hear, the people is sort of my go-to for most shows. Like I haven't even mentioned like the story or anything. I just really enjoy acting and being on set with people. And if we create great things, even better. And the fact was we did create a great thing. It was like you said, it was the most watched show on Showtime's history. And it was great. Michael should have gotten a freaking Emmy for it. Um, can't believe it wasn't even nominated it's really makes me mad because he was such a great performance um i talk about him because i can't talk about myself enough in that way um (laughs) but i i loved it i loved what i did in it i loved i got to be this cop i never thought i'd be a cop and i think that's the whole point of my character and that teddy was he's not supposed to be a cop even though i i tell scott this all the time i'm like in the breakdown the breakdown if you've had enough actors on, I don't know if maybe your audience knows, but the breakdown right is every actor gets like a few lines about the role you're going in for. So, you know, the breakdown for Teddy was like, you know, he's a, a an eager cop, but you know, he served some time in Afghanistan and this and that. And I'm like, so whenever I thought about the audition, I was like, but he served time in Afghanistan. So like, he's, you know, he's seen some life here. Mm-hmm. He's not just a small town cop. And then when I booked the role, uh, I remember saying to Clyde and Scott, I was like, what's that Afghanistan thing about? And they're like, oh, they like forgot. Like there wasn't even like a thing to them. And I'm like, because there's nothing about his character at all. Like he's he's got a rubber band ball on his desk and he's never he's never seen a dead body before. And so I'm like moral of the story actors don't take the breakdowns too much to heart when you read them Mm. definitely interpret them how you will uh but he still is a character that i near is near and dear to me it's just if i had a gun that's all it's like no david magadoff should not have a gun or a badge and i did have a gun or a badge (laughs) you did it, and i just got to play i did i did it and it was fun and i got i remember day one you know i'm you know, we're living outside of Boston and then the studio is in a place called Devon's uh, where they were filming the beginning of the time we were there. They were filming in the studio next door. 
they were filming the George Clooney movie, The Way The Way Back, I think it was what it was called. Mm. Um, and then they were all filming at the end of the time we were there, the musical Spirited with Will Ferrell and Ryan Reynolds oh. that came out in Apple over Christmas. Yeah. I auditioned. Did you audition for that, Amanda? I think a long time ago I did. Yes. I I auditioned for it as well. And I think it was this, the code name because Hollywood's ridiculous and has code names all the time. The code name for it was Chili. I remember and this. I think we texted about this. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. And yeah, and I had to sing, which is, you know, I technically can sing, but it is a real technical. Um, well, you can do an musical improv. You can do musical I can improv do musical like nobody's improv. business. So you thank go. you. Um, so, so yeah, so, so Dexter was great. I loved being in Boston. I loved being able to visit all these different places the whole time. I loved living there. We lived in the same complex as, Clyde and Scott and Marcos Siega are one of our directors and Sandy Bookstaver, who was also one of our directors. And it was just great to live and breathe that show for a time. And the set was great and it was freezing. I remember doing uh, scenes in the 19 degree weather. Um, I mean, it really was an experience and one that I'll treasure forever. And um, I something that's so meaningful to so many people too. Yeah. It was it was it was the the best of times and the best of times and uh, yeah that's awesome um another uh you know you had the uh, this kind of badge but you also had a badge to the newsroom uh for the morning show any behind the scenes stories that you'd like to share about that experience yeah morning show was a bit of a pinch me thing cuz i was like how do i get to work with these people like it just i felt like a fly on the wall the whole time and sometimes i got to say things too which was nice um <laughs> you were so good thanks yeah. um yeah i you know i'll say this too again any for any actors or artists out there i remember one day i got a call from my agent and he said and this is spoiler alert but who cares we're in, they just filmed season 3 and he was like, good news, bad news. Good news is you're going to have a really good scene coming up. I was like, awesome. He's like, bad news is your character gets fired. I was like, oh, God. Because uh, I didn't know going into it. I thought I was like, is this going to be like this long-running thing for many seasons? And so that it's super sad being super vulnerable here. Like, absolutely honest. Like, mm. you do not want to be on a show. And then you're told your character is off. It happens to characters all the time. That You don't want it to happen to you. It happened to me. Very, very unfortunate. I was just like, man, what a bummer. Just disappointed, sad, all the, all the tear emojis. Um, everything but crying. And so, but I did have a really good scene, which was great. Um, and... I now know it was fun to see over time. I, if I was on that show still, my part probably would have been, I would have been there and who knows, maybe it would have gotten bigger. There's just so much real estate on that show. Meaning literally between Jennifer and Reese and Steve and Billy and now Marcia Gay Harden. And Oh God, there's just, you know, now Juliana Margulies. There's just so many fancy people that they need their time to shine and anyone who's then there's like another tier of people. And then like, I'm in the show, but uh, I were the, like the low tier of recurring people. And so I would have been on it, I'm sure and stayed, but I wouldn't have been able to do Dexter. And so mm. Dexter was easily 
such a great thing. Mm-hmm. And just when you think, you know, the old getting into faith a little early here, like when one door closes, another door opens. And it's like what you think is a bad thing can turn out to be a great thing. Yeah. So don't ever think, don't ever think that something is just bad. It just never is. I've just seen that my entire life through and my career and life. I've n- Nothing's ever just been bad and has stayed bad. Usually one door closing, sorry to say the trope, but it really happens. Another door opens, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's cool to see that time and time and time again. And it was just such a blessing that the way that it all worked out, Absolutely. you know, and in the meantime, you're like super sad, but in the, the little perspective, a little time, amazing, Purpose. amazing. Yeah, you know? sure. um, thank you for, but oh, it was, yeah, go ahead. yeah, no, go for it. Well, no, thank you for like hopping into the faith question early. I was going to ask you later in the conversation, but I'd love to like weave it in here. Um, just, yeah. I mean, how does, what is your, what does your spiritual journey look like and how does your faith, um, sort of, uh, what does it mean to you in your life? I will first, I will answer that in a second. I want to at least give you one morning show thing. I'll say this about morning show. Mark Duplass is a great guy. I wouldn't have owned my Airbnb in Palm Springs without him because that man is a real estate mogul and can answer any question for you happily. Uh, and also I remember being in the room with Billy Crudup who is also a very nice person being in the room with Billy Crudup, who um, I watching, just watching him act. I remember being like, Oh, he's going to win an Emmy. And I was right. <laughs> and so you're welcome world. I remember being like, this performance is inspired. He just channeled his like personal Jack Nicholson best. And it was just so charming to like, just be two feet in front of him and be like, yep. This is how you this is how you win awards, my friends. This is the most charming dude on the planet at this moment in time. And, I, and it's so great how it just popped on screen. Yeah. Um also I got to meet Martin Short and um he called me David and I called him Marty. And that was oh. something I never expected to happen. Wow. I know. <laughs> I know. Uh and Steve Carell is is so nice and so sweet. Oh, okay, those amazing. are my quick That's little what I've morning heard show from- moms. And Jennifer Aniston is is a is a, a complete delight and i brought her a loaf of bread once and she called me the breadwinner and anyway i had lots of wonderful <laughs> love, stories oh my gosh love it uh okay so there's my quick, quick morning show moments um but as far as faith you know i don't know i mean you agree amanda right i don't know how any actor can do this business without some version of faith mm. do you agree yeah, I, yeah, well, I often say like, you don't have to agree. Well, no, I'd love to hear if you don't. I just, yeah, I know. I, I guess, I guess I often think, oh my goodness, because I've been on kind of both sides of like not having faith and doing the business and then coming to Jesus in like 2012, 2013. And then like ever since then, kind of like walking in faith. So I've sort of done both, but, uh, I just often say like, yeah, man, I don't, I just, I'm, I'm so grateful. And I also am like, I don't know, because it is such an up and down, unpredictable thing that I just, I would imagine that it's really hard to feel like there is nothing or no one kind of looking out for you or, you know, on your side or or guiding you. Yeah, I think I'd actually love to hear when you, because I, I, I came to know... Jesus in as a 20 year old, but I grew up agnostic of Jewish and I had a bar mitzvah and I 
both parents Jewish and grew up in the synagogue. Um, so I've never, I've always had re- some sort of religious experience in my life, but I just never really thought too much about it. Um, but I've never, as a professional actor, I don't know how a professional actors do it without some sort of faith. I, I, I just think it's just a sad, lonely thing to live life in general, but especially to have this very difficult thing called an acting career where there's just so many gaps and so many moments of your, that are built on like sand. It feels like, you know, Mm -hmm. for all the great gigs that you can get, like you're being at sleepaway camp, like you said, and Dexter was this great six months. It's like, it's still just a gig and it's temporary and it's over. Even the, even being on a soap opera for 20 years is a gig and it's temporary and it's over. There's no like forever gig other than whatever, I guess, you know, Regis Philbin did and Kelly Ripa did, you know, they're just certain, you know, the, the, the life gig is just you, you know? Mm -hmm. So, it's very sad and disconcerting when things don't go your way. So I don't know if how people don't have some, if to just have zero faith, but do this business means that I think you're putting your faith in the business. It's sort of what I'm trying to say mm. is like, I think there, I think we all have, we all have faith. The question is, where is it being put? Right. And I think a lot of people have faith in their career or their business not because they want to, because they don't have faith in a spirituality mm-hmm. is what I think. Or have faith in a book club or your friends or your community. You know what I mean? I think that faith is, you know, it's just something that you believe is going to be there for you and true, whether you can see it or not. I think, you know, and this for you and this present. So I don't know how people who just have the business, whatever that business is to you, lean into the business and all your faiths in the business, I feel like it's going to let you down. Mm. It's not permanent and it can't give back to you the things that you put into it. And it's so much based on, you know, PR and validation and um, temporary gigs that it's a literally impossible thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So, Can you talk about a time that you feel like um, God was faithful to you, bringing you out of a hard season? I mean, you've had such a full career, Maybe this is where you'll go with it. You've had such a full career. I'm curious if you've ever had a desert season in your career where you've been like, oh, what's next? And it was really difficult. How did you persevere? But also just anything else that comes to mind, whether it was health or, you know, I mean, for me, it was various addictions. Um, yeah. How have you How have you seen God help you overcome? I remember two, two of the bigger times that I felt like, oh, no, I might have to get a job. and I might have to get a job quick were right before broke butt game show. And I remember being like, I might have to look for, I've never had to look for a secondary job in like quite some time, which is a blessing because I've done, you mentioned my commercials. I've done 80 over 80 commercials. 80 Um, commercials, David. Yeah. Some of them, by the way, are Taco Bell, Southwest airlines, progressive and Jersey Mike's, but those are only like four of the 80. (laughs) <laughs> I've done a few. Um, and then I remember auditioning for that game show and, you know, I, and I booked it. And even then it wasn't like a huge payday for like the pilot or anything. It's an MTV pilot for gosh sakes, which is, they pay you nothing non-scripted nonetheless. But eventually, cause I did two seasons of it, I got legitimate money. But, um, I remember being like, okay. And then instead of just being like, God today, please get me the gig. You don't, you you're, you have faith, but I'm also like, I am a husband now and I'm just going to have to like, 
I have someone else in my life that I have to take care of. And I'm going to start asking around to see if I, my friends have like another job available that I can do. You know, it's just, you, Mm -hmm. you do what you need to do in the time and you put your hubris and your pride down and you say, Hey, I love being a working actor in this moment in time. I'm not. And, and I was just looking, I was starting to ping people about it. And then all of a sudden I got that gig and it was like amazing, you know? And so to me, it's, it's weirdly, it's not faith in that. I think some people are like, I'm going to fast and I'm going to just not do anything else. And it's plan a, I think it's like, no, 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 definitely plan a, definitely plan a, definitely plan a always, but don't be a dumb dumb and do plan B and at least start to walk to me, to me, believing in God, like last, it was at the beginning of last year. It was after Dexter, I think. And things were kind of quiet. I hadn't booked a commercial or something in a bit. And I was like, yeah, it's at the beginning of last year, at the beginning of 2022. And I was like, I might have to look for a job again. It's like, is this what I wanted to do after Dexter? It's like, no, I wanted to be on something else and do this other thing. But like, this is a reality of just, you know, there's only so much money in the bank and you have to make, you know, I have a wife and my, she's pregnant now, or we wanted to start trying, I think at the time. So like, to me, faith is walking into those moments, but not like with anxiety and Mm. not with like, oh, I have to hustle and scramble and scramble. It's just like, nope, God knows what's up. And there are plenty of people out there who've got jobs and whatever, Mm -hmm. and God doesn't love me less or helping me less or this or that. And if I do or don't. And so it's like, I think God's like, no, you're being a responsible adult, David. I'd like you to try to get a job. And in the meantime, don't, he's not telling me to, I'm not feeling this feeling of like, I need to quit acting or anything. It's just like, get a job. Mm -hmm. And however long that'll be. And I remember started looking around things and then like I booked this, I started just booking some gigs. And then last year turned into like, by the end of the year, one of the greatest financial years of my life. And at the beginning of the year, it was one of the worst. Mm. And that's this business. And and then that's the best part of this business and the worst part of this business. Meaning in literally a day, anything can change. But at the same time, everything can change in a day. But don't you dare put your faith in it. Meaning like, don't you dare that don't transfer your entire faith into that one gig. Like I did this. I did a lot of good things last year. One of the things was this gig where I was like two days on set with William Shatner, I booked this gig where it was like me doing this like group of commercials for this company. I've never heard of called rapid with William Shatner and he's 91. He was amazing and delightful and funny and sweet and completely with it. And it was just me and him on set on a green screen having a time. And, um, that's also another thing. Someone, a famous person got COVID and couldn't do it. And so I got to do it. Wow. And I remember I booked, I I was the COVID backup for some people for other gigs. And so friends who are actors, be COVID backup because sometimes <laughs> the gig could just go to mm-hmm. you. You know, I could sit around and be like, wow, and this, and this gig ended up paying a, a ton, like in a way that I, I, I did not expect from such a small, just two days, but it just, they cut it into a lot of little internet spots and they kept rerunning them and it just was a giant, giant payday, which was wonderful in addition to being a really fun time. And also getting the same size trailer as William Shatner. What? Wow. Um, that was fun. It was nice. I. Those are the fun moments. But again, there's. Isn't it great that we? It's the greatest part of this business mm-hmm. and the worst part that literally like two months before I'm like looking for a job, and then two months later I'm in a same trailer as Captain James T. Kirk, 
Um, And about to get a a windfall of money. And there's no rhyme or reason. And you should never put your faith into this thing. At the same time, I thank my stars and garters for every little gig that's come come my way. And um, you just you just keep the faith. And I always try to talk to God and just be like, is it time to hang up my shoes? Is it time to keep going? And I used to do that for a while. It's been a while since I've tried done the hang up my shoes moment. Um, because I really feel like when I've done that, he's like, come on, stop. Like you can do this. Like you got, it's been a couple of months, babe. It's like, this isn't a big deal. Um, so mm. I, 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 and one, I'll give you this last bit of a thing too, which I don't know if it's faith related, but I remember it's just something that sticks with me very deeply, very deeply. And I think you, 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 you were an example of it for me too, Amanda. I was doing an episode of what show was it? CSI. Uh, and we were in lot, we were actually in Las Vegas for the episode. I got to like fly in a small Southwest flight with Ted Danson and some people. And we flew to Vegas and we had this big, I had this big scene where it was like 200 people were around me and I'm doing this big crazy prank in the middle of old Vegas where I'm waving around a, like a, a head, like a, like a fake head trying to scare people and get YouTube viral or whatever. And we were on a, like a lunch break or a dinner break. And we, me and this other guest star, we went to the golden nugget and sat down and had a steak dinner. And I'm wearing this outfit with like blood all over me, fake blood all over me. And he's in a cop uniform and he's not a cop. And I just remember being like, Hey, you're older than me. <laughs> you know, can you, any advice you want to give me? And he was like, he just stopped and he looked at me and he had like with his fork and his knife in his hand. And he looked at me with a piercing eyes that still I'm talking about it to this day. He just said, never give up. And then he went back to eating and I just, just like, all right, all right. And I still, to this day, it's just like... (laughs) <laughs> to my core and those moments where you're like it's hard i don't want to do this maybe i should just like buy more airbnbs or whatever it's like no 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 no. you enjoy doing this david you make a lot of people laugh you're very entertaining i enjoy acting i love the storytelling i love I remind yourself why you do what you do and then just don't give up just find ways to not give up then and, and they're they're easier to do than than not you know and find the people around you to encourage you to not give up if, if there ever if there are darker moments and Thankfully, they have been fewer and far between, but they have been there um, over what I hope will be an 80, 100 year career. You know, it's <laughs> they're going to happen again. And those are my those are my little faith story. I am curious. Um, you used to teach a class and maybe you still do called On Avail because you've done like 80 of these commercials really quick. What's the f- most favorite commercial you've ever done? And then what are two tips for actors for commercial auditions? Yeah, I favorite commercial I ever done. Good grammar is <laughs> is oh, these Shatner commercials are pretty fun. I would say one of my favorites that I liked watching. That's not as an answer to your question about filming it. I I liked filming a lot, but the one watching it that I still to this day probably I think was my favorite commercial that I did. Like if you said, what's your funniest commercial you did? Mm-hmm. 
Because I've done, I've worked with Jason Reitman. I've worked with um, Amy Poehler. I've worked with um, Jerry Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. That was pretty great. Jerry Seinfeld directing me for two days was a dream come true. What was that for? Um, it was for Acura because he was doing this comedian cars uh, show wow. that he does still on Netflix, but he was doing it where he'd like direct Acura commercials for them because Acura was a sponsor for a time. And so, yeah, I just being in the callback with him was, I didn't expect that, let alone that I booked it and got to hang out with him um, forever, forever a dream. But the one that I actually smile the most at was a quest commercial, some regional Northwest commercial. Uh, and I got to work with Craig Gillespie. Craig Gillespie, I've worked with a couple of times. Craig is awesome. You know him as the director of I, Tanya, yes. Lars and the Real Girl, Cruella. Uh, I believe he also is a executive producer on Pam and Tommy. Um, really sweet-spoken Australian man and uh, funny. And so I did this commercial for Quest, Quest Diagnostics or Quest I don't even remember the company. All I know is it was just this great shot of this woman in a gym, and she was teaching everyone how to breathe Lamaze style, and these all these couples are together, hee-hee-hoo, hee-hee-hoo, and then you cut to me, and I'm, I'm breathing along with them, but it's me sitting in like a yoga pose with my laptop, and she's like, excuse me, sir, are you, like, where's your wife? And I said, oh, no, I'm here for... I'm here for the um I'm here for the free Wi-Fi. <laughs> and then and then and then I deliver a line in a way that, you know, I don't know, Amanda, maybe there's times where you look back on your all the stuff that you've done and you're like, I just love how I delivered that one line or that yeah. scene was just really great. Uh and the way I delivered this one line was just great. And then I just look I look down and then I look right back up at her and go, Can I have the pillow? <laughs> <laughs> We have to find just, it and post it in the yeah. show notes. Yeah. Oh. But it's uh it that to me, I look back on that and I just go like that the way he filmed that and the way it was and the yeah, it was great. Yeah. yeah. So So good. What about two quick like Oh tips? yeah, tips. The slate in your commercial audition is the audition. Hmm. Don't you dare think that's just something you gotta get out of the way. So if you're filming yourself now at home and sending the tape over or your or whatever, you, it's still as important. So make your slate pop a little bit and be yourself. If anyone says to you, how do I do that? How do I be myself? Well, uh, be your best friend self. So how you are with your best friends is your best friend self, meaning the quality of you as a person, the joy that you have the vulnerability that you have with your best friend at a sleepover maybe just the fact that you're hanging out and that sort of history casualness that is the type of person you should be so treat the camera as such that way uh, if that makes sense like you're like how do i do that i don't know figure out a way like be be a little vulnerable that's what it means to be your best friend self so do that um and then well, if you're ever doing an audition with another person in the room, if you are doing an in-person audition, which I just did the other day, I would say make sure you look make the other person look good hmm. when you're in auditioning with them. Don't just try to get your words out. If you're going to be with other people in the room, try to engage with them because you engaging with them makes you look good. 
Mm-hmm. Like you just look like a more interesting actor when you're engaging with them versus, oh, I need to get my line out. They need to get their line out. I need to get mine out. Um, so just make sure you're just, if you're doing dialogue or just saying, just chat a little bit, you know, make sure you're, bring it up like, hey, that double date we had the other night was pretty fun. Meaning your double date was like an engaged part together. Like that's a way that the two of you can be engaged versus like, what do you think of tacos or, or like, oh, ugh, I have a headache or, you know, whatever it is. Don't make it about yourself. Make it about each other or make it even better. Make it about her or him, the person you're with. Yeah, that's so good. Generous. And that's what I know you for. You're such a generous person in real life, but also like in the creative space too, which is also real life, but you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, thank you for your generosity of heart and time in coming on this podcast. And um, You're welcome. And likewise. Yeah, just super grateful for you. Where can folks see okay so we're we're looking out for monkey butler we're also looking up are, are your live shows coming back anytime soon yes once this baby grows up and becomes a five-year-old i will do my live show okay so <laughs> a year and seven months or four years and seven months <laughs> yeah um no it's, it's gonna come soon i actually got such a sweet email from my friend keiko uh keiko again who keiko is uh she was on gilmore girls as um what was her name on Gilmore Girls? Forgive me. I'm not a huge Gilmore Girls fan. Um, but her Asian best friend, I forgive me. Um, so uh, she actually just emailed me the other day. She's like, I'm doing improv again. And I love your shows. Like, just let me know when I can come come do it again. I was like, you know what? Maybe maybe I got to do them again. It. Also, Keiko, shout so. out to Keiko. She played Lane Kim. Yes, Lane. Thank you. Thank mm-hmm. you. Good job. Um, but she's lovely and she makes me smile. And so, um, but yeah, I'm doing... Well, I'll do the Making Love with David Magadoff again. Check that out on my Instagram for when things will be posted. But it's free, and I try to do it often, and it's just a blast. I get a celebrity's love story, and I turn it into a musical. Um, and what else? Oh, I, yeah, I'm on, I, I get to perform with the Groundlings on the occasion, which is really fun. Ugh. That Wednesday night show is just my favorite. I remember growing up watching that show, and now that I've been able to do it and I've been asked to do it a number of times wow. is like that's just great. It's almost like my Saturday Night Live where you're like, oh man, I always wished I like I'd be fun to do that one day. But like man, those guys are so great. And now it's like, oh man, I'm getting to do it. Oh and I got such a sweet message the other day, Amanda. It's the crazy Uncle Joe show, Wednesday nights, groundlings. Oh my goodness. Check it out. I need to see um, you one time. But I got a I got a I got a a message from a guy I never even met from the groundlings who I think we maybe became like Instagram friends. He's like, Hey, I just want to let you know, I taught my class the other day and one of my students or a couple of my students came to the show and all they kept talking about was like stuff that you did. And like, I know we haven't even met properly, but I just felt very proud. <laughs> I was like, ah, I was like the fact that I'm like a highlight for someone during that show of a group of people that I, that I watched, like, it's very, my heart fills up so enormously at that. I'm like, what a dream. It's, it's, it's I really love improv and to be able to do it with that group of people, um, I'm definitely getting to do the improv that I've always wanted to do the most these last couple of years between doing that show at Groundlings and doing Making Love with David Magadoff with the type of people that I've had come out. There's this special, special, great people. Um, I mean, some of the greatest improvisers in the world I'm, have just said yes to my show. And it's just, mm. ugh, it's such a delight. Um, it does feel very 
pinch me because I'm a simple man. I like I like a lot of things, but I really love improv. It really makes me happy more than anything else in the whole wide world other than my wife and my daughter. And you, Amanda. Oh, that's, that's very kind of you. Uh, in that order. In that order. I'm at the bottom. Please let me. You're at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. but understandably. Understandably, right? for sure. Um, yeah, you're just incredible. I was uh, also saying... Well, also, you're such a community builder, and I think it speaks to who you are and also your incredible talent that people say yes to you. And because not only are you generous and so fun and full of joy, you're also like their complete peer in the work. Uh-huh. And it's just you're you're so funny. If y'all ever get to see David Magadoff in person, seize that opportunity because it is it is really special. So, yeah. Thanks, Amanda. Hey, have you had someone ask you these wonderful questions yet for your own podcast? <laughs> I mean, because all every question that you've asked me, I want to just ask back to you. Uh, so I might, if you ever considered having a turnaround day, I'd love to be that that host for you. Thank you. That means a lot, especially that is your time. I mean, all of our time is precious, but especially right now in the season that you're in. Thank you so much. Um, I might be taking you up on that because that could be that could be. Really I would love. To be taken taken up upon it. Also, there's like half of my questions I still have not even asked you. So maybe we'll have to do a part two with you. (laughs) Or it can be a back and forth conversation because you're just fascinating. And yeah, we need to play an improv game next time Um, on a podcast. Um, Thank you, David, so much. Actually, here, I'm going to give you a word. And can you do our send off? I'm going to give you a suggestion. And then you can tell the people to rate, review, subscribe, text this episode to a friend. But like... Do it however you want to do it with my suggestion. <laughs> is that okay? The word is. And this is, you said you want me to, sorry, we can edit this out. You are, you are, you sound like you're on an alien planet right now, the way the thing is for some cockamamie reason. Oh, no. Did you say you, yeah, it's okay. Uh, did you, did you, did you want me to say to like and subscribe your podcast? Use the word to do it for yours. Yes. So what is it you want me to do? Just have it's just be like, thanks for joining us. Like, subscribe, follow, and text this episode to a friend. Okay. The word is the word is latte. Mmm. What is this delicious drink I'm drinking? Is this a hot, wonderful matcha latte? <laughs> Wait a second. I'm not drinking anything at all. It's just coming right through my ears. Yes, it's Amanda Jane Cooper's amazing, wonderful podcast. I thought that was going down my gullet. No, it was just this beautiful latte of love in my audio ears. <laughs> Please like and subscribe and enjoy this. Share it with friends. Text it. Do you have a small bird? Does the bird talk? Have that bird fly to a friend and let it speak through a warble into their ear to know about Amanda's wonderful podcast. Please enjoy. Oh my gosh. Hilarious. Oh, you're the best. Thank you so much for joining us this week. Thank you to all our listeners. That's our episode for this week and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. (laughs) 